Well, good morning and welcome to worship today. I'm going to invite you to stand and sing this morning as we just lift our voices as we are gathering together in this place, gathering together both in person and online today, and just ready to experience the presence of God this day. Do you lift your voices in praise?
praise him today. Would you take a moment to greet one another today? Just a friendly hello, maybe to someone that you don't recognize, a friendly welcome into this place. If you're worshiping online, just a quick hello in the chat as we are ready to worship and anticipate the presence of God today. Christ today, I encourage you to just come whatever you've been carrying into this place and release it before God and fall into his arms. We are alive today because of Christ.
Jesus Christ and may I not forget the blood he shed it is by his death I am alive because of Christ I am alive because of Christ I am Let us praise him this morning for his grace, his mercy. And as we have entered into this place and we are called into worship, into the name of Christ, today let us rest in that truth, that victory, that we rest in God. We are alive and breathing and he is in us and among us. May we worship him today. Amen, good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. Good morning. I'm Pastor Mindy. I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you this morning. Uh, if you came in this morning and you received one of our bulletins, there is some information in there for you. Uh, there's a lot of things taking place within the life of our church. In fact, this Wednesday night, we begin VBS uh, here at our church um, every Wednesday evening here for several weeks. It's exciting. Woohoo! And um, uh, several things going on later uh, in the summer. We're into the summer months. Uh, July 3rd, we'll have an outdoor service. So please plan to join us for that. Bring along some lawn chairs and invite a friend. Uh, I was just reminded yesterday, a friend of mine texted me and she has been uh, just recently taking some water, actually cases of water, down to uh, some people in a homeless area where she had, had met some people. And she said, she texted me and she said, I, I went down there and she said, one of the ladies saw my van and she said, I just got tears in my eyes because I knew that you were bringing water. And she has done it several times now and gone down there and built some relationships with those people and just had a wonderful opportunity to minister to them. And so I was just reminded of, of love in action. And it can be anything. It can be as simple as that. It can be as simple as going to our neighbor. Maybe they don't have any uh, physical or material needs. Maybe they uh, just need somebody to talk to. Maybe they just need uh, somebody to listen to them. So many opportunities, uh, VBS this summer, things within the life of our church and things within our community, uh, many ways to shine and to, to share the love of Jesus uh, to people all around us. So I was reminded of that, wanted to share that with you. And this morning as we give of our tithes and offerings, um, of course, if you're gathered here in person, you can give uh, in the boxes there in the back as you leave, or you can give online as well. And so as we continue in our worship this morning, let's pray as we uh, give of our tithes and offerings to the Lord. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments, and we thank you for the many ways that you move and work within uh, the life of our church community and within our community as well. Lord, I'm thankful for my friend who uh, has just felt prompted to go and to take just very simple bottles of water to uh, people in need. And Lord, I pray that we as a community and as individuals would continue to find uh, ways and spaces and places to just show your love and to shine your love to the people around us. And so Lord, as we give uh, of a monetary means and as we give of our lives, we pray that you would continue to bless and to multiply and to continue to build your kingdom. We thank you for this opportunity this day. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. As we continue in worship today, Pastor Mark's going to come. And we have something else to celebrate as a part of the ministry of our church. So he's going to share with us uh, exciting, exciting 
Well, good morning and welcome. As, as Pastor Minnie said, my name is Mark. If you're a guest with us, we're, we're glad you're here today. And uh, first of all, happy Father's Day. <laughs> you know, I've got, a, I've got a great dad, and being a dad myself, today is a day that uh, you, you sometimes look forward to, getting, getting crafts or pictures when your kids are little or whatever that happens as we go along. And today we, we do celebrate the gift of, of godly, loving fathers. We also recognize, though, today and other days like this, that these can also be days that bring mixed feelings for folks. And so we just want you to know that however you come today, whether you come with celebration, whether you come with mourning, whether you come with joy or hurt, we just journey with you as a congregation. That's true today and, and throughout the year as well. So we just want you to know that. We, we celebrate with those of you who celebrate today. And for those of you who find difficulty in this day, we just want you to know that we love you as well. Sound good? Well, you know, as a part of a, we're a church that really believes that God calls all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ into a lifetime of Christian ministry. Amen. We also believe, though, that God continues to call men and women into vocational ministry, into credentialed ministry. For some, that might be to be pastors. For some, that might be as chaplains. For some, that might be as, as missionaries or educators. There's a variety of ways in which God continues to use people. But we celebrate that God still calls people into ministry today. Amen? You know, in the Church of the Nazarene, we kind of have a, a process that we go through throughout that journey, uh, the journey towards, or towards ordination. It, it begins with what we call a local minister's license, which is issued by the local church board as a way of saying, you know, we see evidence of what God is doing in your life, and we really just want to come alongside you to help you in this discernment journey, to see what it is that God is doing, to, to give you opportunities and to partner with you along this journey. Once somebody has held their local minister's license for at least a year, and they've completed at least a quarter of the educational requirements towards ordination, then they can receive what's called a district license, which is issued not by the local church, but by the district. And once somebody has a district license, they are officially considered a member of the clergy. They can officiate at, at weddings, they can administer the sacraments, all of those things that go along with that. Once somebody has completed their educational requirements and been district licensed and served in a place of ordained ministry for, or excuse me, of, of assigned ministry for at least three years, then they are eligible for ordination. Does that all make sense? That's part of this, this, very clear for some of you, right? That's all part of this journey. It's, it's a journey in which the church comes alongside to try to witness and observe what God is doing and to discern together throughout this process. Well, today we have the privilege of issuing a local license. You know, this is the second time in the last 12 months that we will be issuing a local license as a congregation. And I just say thanks be to God for that. It's pretty exciting to be a part of that. I want to invite uh, Aaron Lee to come on up and join me here today. You know, I'm not sure how many of you know Aaron Lee Longson, but 
Erin Lee and her family have been a part of our church for almost two years now, right? Uh, for almost two years. And uh, really, Erin Lee and her husband Ken, and especially Rue, work so much in our children's ministry to, to help serve in, in a lot of ways there. Erin uh, Lee has other gifts also using, she's a, a creative, artistic-y type person, which people like me need in our life so that our lives are not quite so boring. Um, and, and has just so many other gifts. And I'm really, you know, it's been such a thrill to talk with Erin Lee and to have her share with our church board too. You know, she's really known God's called her for a long time. Um, but coming to a place to not only take this step herself, but to be a part of, of our church to say, we want to support you through this. Uh, it's just really exciting to come uh, to this day for her as well. And so, Aaron Lee, on behalf of the church, I'm thrilled for you and excited to see what God is going to do in your life in, in what is ahead as well. So, on behalf of the church board and the rest of our, our congregation, I want to present you with your very first local minister's license. And I also just want to pray for you today. Lord, we just thank you so much for your love and grace. Lord, we thank you that you are still at work in the world today. You know, sometimes we can look and we may not see it, but God, you are active and you are present. And God, we celebrate today that you are still using people and you are still calling people. Lord, you call all of us, but, but you are still calling those to, to pursue credentialed ministry, to, to be set apart in a, in a different sort of a way to serve you. And Lord, I just am so thankful today for Aaron Lee's obedience to what you are asking of her. And God, I just pray that in these days ahead that you would help Aaron Lee, but also that you would help us as a congregation to discern with her and partner with her in what you are doing in her life and through her life. And so God, we just give her to you now and we ask your, your special blessing and continued presence with her today and in these days ahead. In your name, amen. Absolutely, thank you. We are so thankful for the ability and the trust to listen to Christ and to trust him in the path that he is leading us on, both individually and, and as a congregation, a community of believers today. We're so thankful for that. I'd invite you to stand this morning as we continue worshiping together the blessing that we have to come together and worship. And as we enter into a time of prayer together, know that the altars are always open, but you may just want to take the hand of, of someone next to you and just pray over them or take some quiet time yourself to just quiet yourself before Christ. Just be obedient to what God is leading you to today as we come before him.
darkest night, it still goes on. The anthem of my God within my heart is a treasure that cannot be bought. When all else is faded, it will not. The presence of my God
Till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To reveal the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word. From a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the
as we continue in a time of prayer this morning, I would invite you to find a position of prayer, whether that's seated or kneeling or gathered here at one of these altars. And so uh, let's just prepare our hearts for prayer this morning. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments. And we thank you for this opportunity to come and to worship you to bring our to bring our praise before you praise the father and the son and the holy spirit as we have sung lord we're thankful and grateful for uh for you and for your presence in our lives and for the the relationship that we can have and for the many ways that you move and work in our lives lord we're thankful and grateful for uh, for this opportunity to worship you this day and lord as we come this morning um we come with praising and with rejoicing and we know that there are also some who come uh, with maybe a heavy burden upon their heart. And Lord, we pray that you would meet each person in their place of need, uh, whatever that may be. If it's a physical need or a financial need, or maybe it's a, a broken relationship, Lord, whatever the case may be, we pray that your, your love and your grace and your mercy would reach down and minister to each person just now. Lord, we thank you for uh, the many opportunities within the life of our church to continue to shine the light of Jesus. Lord, we're thankful and we are looking forward to VBS this summer. And Lord, as, as, as kids and as families come through these doors, we pray that you would help us to be able to uh, minister to them well. And Lord, that we would be able to show them the love of Jesus uh, in these weeks to come. We pray that you would continue to build your kingdom. Lord, we're thankful for the way that you are working in your church. We're thankful for Aaron Lee and for this local minister's license this day. And Lord, we're thankful for the fact that you continue to speak to people and continue to use your Holy Spirit to, uh, to call people to serve you in special ways. And Lord, we pray that upon uh, all of us in each of our hearts that you would help us to find ways uh, to minister to those around us, to those within our church community, to those uh, down the street or at our workplace. Father, I pray that you would continue to help us to keep our eyes open to the ways that you uh, can work through us. Lord, we thank you for, uh, for this day and for this opportunity to come and to worship you and for this opportunity to hear your word. And Lord, this morning as we turn to scripture, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be open and that we would be receptive to what you want to speak to us this day. We thank you for this time and we pray all these things in Christ's name. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd invite you to join me in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 3. If you're able to this morning, I'd invite you to stand as we read God's Word today. Solomon became the son-in-law of Pharaoh, Egypt's king, when he married Pharaoh's daughter. 
He brought her to David's city until he finished building his royal palace, the Lord's temple, and the wall around Jerusalem. Unfortunately, the people were sacrificing at the shrines because a temple hadn't yet been built for the Lord's name in those days. Now Solomon loved the Lord by walking in the laws of his father David, with the exception that he also sacrificed and burned incense at the shrines. The king went to the great shrine at Gibeon in order to sacrifice there. He used to offer a thousand entirely burned offerings on that altar. The Lord appeared to Solomon at Gibeon in a dream at night. God said, ask whatever you wish and I'll give it to you. Solomon responded, you showed so much kindness to your servant, my father David, when he walked before you in truth, righteousness, and with a heart true to you. You've kept his great loyalty and kindness for him and have now given him a son to sit on his throne. And now, Lord my God, you have made me your servant, king in my father David's place. But I'm young and inexperienced. I know next to nothing, but I'm here your servant in the middle of the people you have chosen, a large population that can't be numbered or counted due to its vast size. Please give your servant a discerning mind in order to govern your people and to distinguish good from evil because no one is able to govern this important people of yours without your help. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had made this request. God said to him, because you've asked for this instead of requesting long life, wealth, or victory over your enemies, asking for discernment so as to acquire good judgment, I will now do just what you said. Look, I hereby give you a wise and understanding mind. There has been no one like you before now, nor will there be anyone like you afterward. I now also give you what you didn't ask for, wealth and fame. There won't be a king like you as long as you live. And if you walk in my ways and obey my laws and commands, just as your father David did, then I will give you a very long life. Solomon awoke and realized it was a dream. He went to Jerusalem and stood before the chest containing the Lord's covenant. Then he offered entirely burned offerings and well-being sacrifices and held a celebration for all of his servants. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Solomon, the wise king. This is the way we know him, right? The wise and wealthy king. These are the two things that we, we tend to associate with King Solomon and, and his reign. But, you know, if we, if we really want to know who Solomon was, we actually have to go back to somebody named Samuel. How many of you remember Samuel? Samuel was known as sort of a, a couple of, of different roles. He was the last of this series of leaders for God's people that we refer to as the judges. Samuel was the last of the judges, but, but also sort of aside from Moses, he was the first of the prophets who would speak to God's people. So Samuel kind of lived in this, this dual role. Many of us, when we think of Samuel, think about how he kind of got into this. He was, his birth itself was, was an answer to a prayer. And so from a young age, his mom dedicated him to the temple. And it was there in the temple that he learned to, to listen 
to God's voice, to hear God's voice, and to listen. He spent his lifetime listening to God and trying to direct God's people into how to follow and, and how to obey. And near the end of, of Samuel's life, the people of Israel said, we want a king. And God told Samuel just to go ahead and do what it was they wanted because it really wasn't Samuel that they were rejecting. It was God that they were rejecting. But Samuel warned God's people. He said, listen, if you have a king, you do realize that a king is going to take your sons to serve in his army. If you have a king, he's going to take your daughters to serve in his palace. If you have a king, he's going to take the best of your lands to feed his people. If you have a king, he's going to take the best of your servants and animals to do his work for him. If you have a king, that's what he's going to do for you. This is one of the things that, that Samuel tells us. Well, they go on and they receive a king. Their first king is King Saul. And then there's King David. And near the end of King David's life, God speaks to David. And God tells David that, that his children, or his descendants, will rule on the throne forever. So this is another promise that we have. And these things shape our understanding as we come here to, to this sort of this beginning time during King Solomon's reign. If you were with us last week, I, I shared how, how David had named Solomon as his heir. And so Solomon assumed the throne, and one of the first things that Solomon did when he was king was he eliminated the internal opposition. There were others who wanted to be king, and so in order to sort of shore up his strength, he, he eliminated his opponents, which meant that he had one of his brothers killed. He also had one of his cousins killed, among some other things that he did to sort of shore up his power internally. Once he knew that his kingdom was secure from threats internally, he kind of looked to more of an international stage. And he wanted to kind of secure his kingdom internationally. And so he had a political marriage. He got married for political reasons. Did you notice who it was that he married? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh, who was the ruler of Egypt. Egypt, the same Egypt that had enslaved them. The same Egypt that had killed their baby boys. The same Egypt that refused to let them go. And the same Egypt that once they had left, sent their armies after them to try to go and wipe out this people. That Egypt, the same Egypt that in the book of Deuteronomy, God's instructions to Israel were, stay away from Egypt. In fact, stay so far away that you don't even buy horses from Egypt. And yet, what is one of Solomon's very first acts as king? To go and marry Pharaoh's daughter from Egypt. This is kind of how all of this starts out, right? Uh, now, it's worth pointing out that if we were trying to evaluate Solomon politically, he's making some very smart choices. 
From a political standpoint, he's doing a lot of the right things to sort of secure his power, to, to kind of build up this, this country in position of, of power and strength. He's, he's making a lot of really good choices from that perspective. But one of the things that we know as citizens of God's kingdom rather than earthly kingdoms, the end doesn't justify the means. The way that we get there also matters. And this is kind of where, where Solomon has gotten a little bit off track here. And then all of a sudden, Solomon has this, this dream. This dream that happens, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of, of another dream that somebody else had. Somebody that we know of as Jacob. Jacob, who had a twin brother. And, and Jacob, who tricked his twin brother out of the inheritance that belonged to his brother Esau. And then Jacob, who, who ran away to kind of try to get away from the consequences of his actions. And while Jacob was running away, one night he has this dream. And God speaks to him. And God tells Jacob that he will be his God and that he will bless him and bless his descendants. Here's Jacob who is this deceiver, this trickster who's, who's trying to do all of this stuff himself and, and God shows up with love and mercy and grace. You know, that's the way that God always shows up, with love and mercy and and grace. And that's actually what is happening here with King Solomon. You know, if we, if we read very carefully, we realize that God never instructed David to appoint Solomon as his heir. David just kind of did this on his own. Solomon wasn't there because God had called him to be king. Solomon was there because of the maneuverings of people, as we see early on in the book of 1 Kings. But in spite of this, what does God do? God shows up with love and mercy and grace and makes himself known to Solomon and, and, and offers this, this gift of, of life and blessing to Solomon. And so then Solomon in this moment of humility says, you know, God, I don't, I don't have what it takes to govern your people on my own. These are your people, God, and, and I just want to govern your people to the best of my ability. Would you give me discernment? Would you give me discernment to govern well, to, to live well, to lead well? Well, this pleases God. This pleases God so much that God not only gives him discernment, he gives him wealth and fame in addition to this. You know, as I was reading through this this week, I was reminded of growing up. Maybe it's because I knew today was Father's Day. Uh, you know, my dad has always had a Lazy Boy recliner. How many of you have got Lazy Boy recliners? How many of you wish you were in your... Don't answer that question. <laughs> you know, weeknights after we ate dinner, my, my dad would take his place in his Lazy Boy recliner with the newspaper. And, and after the after the evening news was over, you know what came on next in our home? Wheel of Fortune, right? And then following Wheel of Fortune, what's next? Jeopardy, right? 
Have you guys been to my parents' house too? <laughs> On Jeopardy, there's a couple of things that happen. You know, I mean, contestants are, are usually working in their, their favorite areas where they know to try to rack up money. But, but contestants, some, some contestants, if you watch, they kind of, they don't go in any sort of systematic order. They kind of jump around because they're looking for something. What is it they're looking for? A daily double. Who knew there were so many Jeopardy watchers in our church? <laughs> a daily double, which is just sort of this like special bonus, right? It's not something you necessarily earn. You just kind of get lucky. You get lucky and you land on this space where it, gives you, where it provides an opportunity for you to earn more than you could have otherwise. I say all that because... You know, what happened to Solomon was not just some sort of divine daily double. Where Solomon guessed the right thing to ask for, and because he asked for the right thing, he got this bonus in return. That's not what's happening here. This is really a statement about God. This is a statement about God's generous, gracious character. And the way that, that God graciously responds to Solomon here in this passage. And so God gives Solomon the, the gift of, of discernment, but, but he also says that Solomon, because you didn't ask for these things, I'm gonna give you wealth and fame as well. And this is how our passage ended. But this isn't how the story ends. You know, if we continue reading in, in first and or through first Kings, it's not long after this that much attention is given to the temple. Talks about the building of the temple and the dedication of the temple. And this goes on for several chapters. And because I've mentioned Lazy Boys, some of you are already starting to look forward to your afternoon nap in your Lazy Boy this afternoon. And I could help you out and read these chapters of descriptions about the temple. Because there's a lot of information about measurements and about gold and about cherubim and, and all of these stuff that kind of just makes our eyes glaze over. You know, as we read through the temple, there's something else that's kind of interesting. It, it talks about these bountiful fruit trees. And it talks about these blossoming flowers. And it talks about this rich agricultural imagery multiple times. Can any of you think of anywhere else earlier in Scripture where it talks about rich agricultural imagery in the garden, right? In the garden, there's this picture of this rich agricultural imagery, these, these bountiful fruit trees and these blossoming flowers. And in the garden was the place where, where God dwelt with humanity. In the garden was the place where God walked with his people. And from the garden, we are told there was this, this river that flowed that, that brought the life of the garden and stretched it out to the ends of the earth. I say all of that because as we're talking about the temple, this was the significance of what the temple was to do. The, the temple was the place where God would meet with God's people. 
And the temple was the place where the the life-giving power of God was to be like a river that flowed out to all the other nations so that all the other people could receive the blessing of God through God's people. That was the significance of the temple. And so Solomon, asking, after asking for discernment, goes to build this temple. I mean, it's just this incredible picture. Here's a man who is, is walking so, so faithfully after God. After the, the temple is built, the temple is dedicated, and God appears to Solomon once again. And in the very next chapter, we read about Solomon's wealth, and we read about his fame. And then after reading about his wealth and his fame, you know what Solomon does? He goes and buys horses from Egypt. And so God shows up to him a third time. And God warns Solomon. God says, Solomon, remember you've got to walk in my ways. You've got to trust and follow me. And after this warning, though, you know what else Solomon goes to do? He goes and starts marrying all kinds of foreign wives, making all these political alliances, and then he wants to make all of his wives happy. And so instead of going to Nordstrom and buying perfume and clothing, he builds shrines and offers sacrifices to all of these other gods. Solomon, who'd asked for God-given discernment and who built this temple that was the significance, the reality of the presence of God with God's people that, that was to be there so that God could be made known to all the other people. And, and what is it that Solomon is doing? Very quickly, he's getting away from the presence of God and he's walking in his own ways and doing his own things. By the time we get to the end of Solomon's life, he looks like somebody we've heard about before. By the time we get to Solomon's life, we realize that, you know what Solomon has done? He's taken the people's sons to serve in their armies. He's taken the people's daughters to serve in his palaces. He's taken the best of the people's lands to provide food for his kingdom. He's taken their servants and animals to do his work for him. Not only does this look just like what the prophet Samuel had talked about, this also looks like somebody else we know from before, Pharaoh of Egypt, who enslaved God's people and took control of God's people and worshiped foreign gods. And this is kind of how Solomon's life ends up here. You know, it's really interesting as we think about Solomon. He, he sacrificed regularly, but he did not live a life of obedience. And he received the gift of God-given discernment. And he used God-given discernment to govern the people, but he did not use that discernment to govern himself. As a result, he kind of slipped away from this walk of closeness to God. You know, we also realize through Solomon that what is it that pleases God? 
a life of humble obedience. Humble obedience not lived for ourselves, but lived for the sake of others. And this is something we, we see echoed throughout Scripture. We, we find this in the prophet Micah. When the prophet Micah talks about the, the sacrifice that the Lord requires is to do, to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We see this talked about in, in the words of Jesus when, when Jesus talks about not only loving God, but loving our neighbor, right? And when Jesus says things like, whatever you do to the least of these is what you've done for me. This is a life lived out for the sake of others. We see this in the words of, of James who, who talks about a life of faith and deeds that go together. All of it's wrapped up together as we are called to live for God. You know, one of the things we, we realize through 1 Kings is that we have to remember that it is through God that we live and that we move and that we have our being. We have to remember that. You know, when we talk about remembering, we're not just talking about recalling information. Throughout Scripture, the word remember has a lot of theological significance. In the book of Genesis, it tells us that when the flood waters were raging, God remembered Noah and caused the wind to start to dry up the flood waters. In the book of Exodus, it tells us that when God's people were enslaved and were crying out that God remembered his covenant with Abraham and God called Moses. In scripture, whenever we encounter that word remember, it always leads to action. You follow that? You know, it's important for us to remember that God is our source, our strength, and our life. Amen? So that we can, can walk in his ways rather than get caught up and got, getting caught up like Solomon in our, in our own abilities or, or what looks right in this world. You know, today in, in a few moments, we're going to be called to do this in remembrance of him. Not just to receive the elements of bread and juice and recall what Christ has done, but to receive the gift of Christ's life for us and to remember, to respond, to live in such a way that would demonstrate lives of faithful obedience in all that we say and do. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and invite those who are going to help serve us to, to go ahead and, 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 come, and come forward. You know, as we prepare to receive communion today, we're reminded that this simple meal of, of bread and juice is a reminder of God's incredible faithfulness that gives us life and strength and ability to live for him each and every day. We're reminded that, that God is with us and that through the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we can live the way that we were intended to live. And so my prayer for us today is that as we prepare to receive, that we would also be a people who remember. 
You know, in just a moment, our, our worship team is going to lead us in song and our, our ushers are going to distribute the elements. And I'd invite you to, to receive from them and then just to hold on to that. And once everybody's been served, we'll partake together. You know, you don't have to be a, a member of our church in order to share in this meal time together. You just have to come today longing to know and follow after Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I can sing, I am free, 
Jesus, for he has said that he will bring me home. And day by day, I know he will renew me until I stand with joy before the You know, according to scripture, do you know what wisdom is? Knowing and living in the ways of God. Knowing and living in the ways of God. That's what true wisdom is. And we have the gift of God's presence that helps us and enables us to live the ways that God has called us to live. We don't do that on our own, as we just sang, we do that through Christ who is in us. Amen? So as we prepare to receive these elements today, would you just repeat this with me? Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord, today as we gather in this place, we are so grateful for your grace, for your generosity for your love and mercy and grace that continually show up even though we don't deserve them. And God, today as we prepare to receive this simple meal of bread and juice, Lord, we pray that by your grace, this would be your grace for us. God, we pray also that you would take our simple, ordinary lives and by your grace, you would make our lives grace for the world around us. So God, today we humbly come before you, acknowledging that we need you not just today, but each and every day. In your name we pray, amen. On the night that Jesus would be betrayed, he gathered together with his disciples to celebrate the Passover meal. The great reminder of God's gift of salvation for his people, of God's incredible faithfulness. And during the course of that meal, Jesus took the bread and after giving thanks said, this is my body which is broken for you. Would you eat this in remembrance of me? Let's eat together today.
Later on in the meal, it came time to pass the cup. And Jesus said, this is my blood, which is shed for you, the new covenant. Whenever you eat of the bread or drink of the cup, do so in remembrance of me and always be thankful. Let us drink together. Lord, we thank you again today for the gift of your grace. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people that know how to remember. Lord, help us to remember well and to live well, not just for us, but for the sake of the whole world. So God, today, as we prepare to go from this place, Lord, as we go from here, we offer our lives to you as living sacrifices so that you can work in us so that your will can be accomplished through us. So Lord, we give all of this to you today. In your name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand and join me for our benediction together today. As we go, we acknowledge that we can't live godly lives through our own strength and power. We need God's grace and we also need one another. As we go, may you go in the grace and peace that comes through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.